Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. This is Steve, and joining me here, as always, is the incomparable Jeff Evil Dose, as some of you may know him. Jeff, how are you doing today, buddy? I am doing very well, my friend. How about yourself? I'm doing all right, doing all right. Getting over a cold, but um, hopefully that will not hamper us from doing this show or hamper me doing the show. Um, I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in to the Hammerlock Hangover. This is episode four. Um, if you are new to the show, we are a wrestling podcast and we are um, trying to do this on a weekly basis. Hopefully we uh, go out on Friday mornings. Uh, so please make sure that you subscribe. You can hear our podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, um, I think Apple Podcast, and yep. a plethora of other places where you can listen to your usual wrestling and other podcasts that you listen to. Um, we are going to cover a, a myriad of wrestling uh, news for this week. Uh, we're going to start off with full gear results and our thoughts. Um, Jeff, what'd you think about AW full gear? From top to bottom, I thought it was actually a really good show. It was a lot of fun. Um, I actually scored it pretty high, around eight and a half or nine out of ten. Um, on is, uh, is that your Melter rating? It's a Jeff Evil Dose rating. It's it's a darker order of Tartarus rating. It's it's much more evil and opaque than the <laughs> rating. Uh, rating. Um, but yeah, it was a good card. It was very predictable. I mean. People heard our predictions. Both of us got every match but one right. We disagreed on which one we got wrong, but it, it was even so much that, you know, that uh, I predicted a possible appearance by Thunder Rose on the pre-show, which in fact happened. So, um, you know, again, you know, good show, fun show, uh, but very predictable, um, which is, I mean, I guess depends on your perspective. Uh, maybe it's just because we're so expert, but I don't know. I, I don't think the shows should, pay-per-views should be that predictable. I agree with you. And I, I think that was our criticism on our last uh, show, episode three, where we gave our AEW predictions. Um, I think I got, now that I'm starting to tabulate the, the, the predictions, I believe I got two wrong. I think I said Sammy was going to win the deletion match and he ended up losing. Oh. Dose, dose, dose. <laughs> but um, yeah, what did you think of the Moxley Kingston match? Uh, it's pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, it wasn't as bloody as I thought it was going to be, but yeah, it was. You know, you know, I, I thought it was good, but you know, if you heard the prediction show, obviously Stephen heard it. Um, I did. I thought it was going to be slow and grinding and brutal. You know, and you know, Moxley made Kingston say "I quit," which would, had to be really hard for Kingston in storyline to do. But I mean, there's no way Eddie Kingston was gonna win. I mean, the story afterwards was about his ridiculous-looking ring gear, which apparently was a tribute to a Japanese wrestler, Misawa. I think um, that's but, correct. I thought it was uh, uh, in homage to uh, Kenny from the Spirit Squad. Uh, it, yeah, very well could have been. Um, if I was Kenny from, from the Spirit Squad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, Kingston just is not a main event guy. And he's, I mean, he just doesn't have the look. He's, he's got from the neck up, great, but from the neck down, he's a disaster. 
Now, when you say from the neck up, he's great. You talk, you're obviously talking about his promo skills, right? Yeah, he's, I'm got, about his he's, promo he's skills, really good at promos. Yeah, no, he sounds very natural. He sounds very real. He's smart too. I mean, you know, a lot of people say Taz and Kingston sort of are similar, and they're sort of in the same lane of the so the the street guy keeping it real. But if you listen to Taz's words and go past his cadence and sort of his Brooklyn accent, Taz doesn't really say anything important. He doesn't make any sense. And the things he does say often impeach his own points. Kingston ties all the bows. He doesn't forget anything. So if he's moving off one story to another, he'll he'll segue. He'll, he'll think about it. And so he's really smart, but it, it's not just the smart and and uh, the cuts good promo. He's got a great voice and a great cadence and delivery, and it, it sounds natural. But also, he is he's really intense eyes. Like his facial features are great. He knows how to work that. He knows how to do the wry smile. The he knows when to wink. He knows where to look. I mean, so you know, he's a very cerebral guy, and he puts that into effect as making him seem like he's a you know. Like he's the the smart gang leader, like almost like he's Avon Barksdale from The Wire. You know, you <laughs> thought Stringer Bell was the smart one, and he was, but Avon, you know, let Stringer think that Stringer was smarter than Avon. Avon still knew whatever everything that was going on, and that's that's Kingston. Um, I think he's close. MVP is closer than Taz is to me, to be frank. I agree with that. Um, do you think Kingston would be a good mid card champion, a TNT champion? No, or not, or no, not even that. I don't think Kingston should ever wrestle unless it's in a gimmick match or it's like a six man with where he's with his team, where he's the one that's going to take the loss, or, or where he's the one that's going to you know get slapped by you know the Stephanie McMahon or, or Brandy or whatever. You know, he, he's the manager who takes the occasional bump. Um, so no, he's I, Ham- he's Heyman. Well, I would say more Heenan than Heyman. Um, I will think of a of a parallel okay. during this show that's closer because that's that's not exactly right because by the time Bobby Heenan got famous, he was at least ten or fifteen years away from being an active wrestler, and, and Kingston isn't quite that. Maybe more like when Regal or um, uh, Kurt Angle were, was like a GM. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Um, what did you think of Omega versus Hangman? Excellent match. No complaints with it. Uh, we both correctly picked that Omega was going to win. That's the way it had to. Uh, I incorrectly thought that there might be some dealings with the alcohol in it and, and they stayed away from all of that, which is, which is fine. Um, I liked I how you looked that on on the on our previous episode. I, I I thought you you did a good story of explaining the long game of uh, the journey of Hangman into sobriety and uh, recovery and uh, championship. Uh, but uh, they I guess they didn't choose to go that way right right here and right now. Um, a lot of people were shocked that this was the first match that opened up the card. Were you shocked at all by that? I mean, I was surprised, but I wasn't shocked. I, I thought that they would leave that for a little bit later in the card. But, you know, I think we have to remember that AW has enjoyed starting with hot matches and getting the people into it. And without large crowds, 
Uh, I think you want to make sure those people are excited, but you also want to keep the, the TV audience tuning in. I mean, people who saw this paid 50 or $60 to watch this pay-per-view. So yep. you start hot. They're happy with it. You know, the, the pre-show match is the pre-show match, but they gave them a nice little surprise there. And it was a pretty, that was a decent match also. Uh, but they started hot with a big, important match. And right away, you're like, yeah, I got my money's worth. So you're already in a good mood. So no, I, I think it was a smart move. Um, I don't know if I would have done it the same way if it was like a, you know, a 10 or 15,000 seat house with a with a packed crowd. But maybe so. I mean, why not? Yeah, it, it, it was sort of non-conventional, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm talking more about than I need to. I only bring it up only because I feel like in this day and age, like, I mean, everybody's always shocked. Like, we called it as the main event, right? If this wasn't for a title, right? If the Moxley match wasn't for a title, Omega Hangman should be main eventing the show, right? Sure. But um, here you had it as the opener, and I feel like there's a good amount of – a fair amount of people that said, oh, my God, I can't believe this is the opener. But when WrestleMania opens and they give you, let's say, you know, Brock versus – enter challenger name here for the WWE championship as the opener, everybody's all shocked and, and gives them shit about it. Like, Oh, how could they do this? This is poor booking. This is wrong placement. But to your point, like the first match, always you want it to be a fire match. You want it to be a hot match to get that, that, that the, the people pumped, stay pumped. Uh, and, off on you know what's that phrase uh, get off on a hot foot that's yep. uh that's exactly what they want to do there um what about um i felt like the the next match that we're going to review is i felt like there was a lot of inconsistency in the reviews there was a lot of fanboys aw fanboys that were like this is a really good awesome match it's the tag team match of of them all put it in the and it's an instant classic um and then you had some people that were like it ran too long and it could have been a little shorter steven i think you need to tell the listening audience that we're not going to be reviewing every match on the card they were we were we're just picking well i just did we're we're picking a few matches to review Uh, this is not a recap show for all the cards so if you're expecting John Silver and Orange Cassidy to be reviewed. We're, we're not doing that. We're, That's we're right. Just, Get we lost. Pick, yeah, we just picked the three or four matches to go over, and then we're going to go over the, the week of wrestling. We assume if you're listening to us, you've already heard 17 recap shows. There you go. Exactly. By the time you get to us, you're just like, give us the good stuff, guys. And yeah. it's going to be um, – obviously, if this was a visual forum, you'd see how handsome we are. Um, but this is an audio forum, so you got to just imagine imagine the sexiness just protruding through your. Uh, you guys don't deserve it. Digital waves, like you would not be able to handle all the machismo that, that is coming tier. at you. You can't this afford the only fan levels. That's platinum tier, baby. Platinum tier. That's right. Maybe one day when we open up our Patreon, you can see our faces. Or maybe you already know what we look like if you follow us on Facebook. <laughs> You're blowing it. Don't blow it. All right. I won't blow it. Sorry. 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 I'll, I'll bring it back. So we're All talking right, about FTR and the Young Bucks. For the AEW Tag Team titles. Correct. What would you think about that? 
Was it too long? Another great match. Do you think it was an instant classic? Um, I think, sure. I mean, I, you know, I don't even really know what that means. Uh, I'm not really a wrestling match historian guy. I mean, and then I was thinking, well, I sort of like Page and Omega uh, versus the Bucks. Uh, I mean, versus FTR more than I like this one, which is true. I did. But, but I like this one. But, I mean, as far as tag team matches this year, if if the match I just referenced is number one, this is probably number two. So, yeah, I, I would call it a, a an instant minor classic. But if you like tag team wrestling and, you know, you you like the Young Bucks and, and sort of the smaller wrestlers and you like the choreography and the, and the, the flippy stuff, yeah, that, this is about as good as it gets. Let me ask you this, because this is the question that I thought of when I saw the outcome. I picked FTR to retain because I thought um, the injury to Matt, um, it's Matt, right? Because I always get them too confused. It's Matt. Right. Um, I thought that would shelve him for a while, but maybe that was a deke and uh, they threw me off. Um, You know how when, um, let's say... Jericho first came on to WWE or Benoit first came over. Like if you were a a famous person on WCW or somewhere else and you came to WWE, you had to pay your penance. You -hmm. were nowhere better than any of the WWE superstars. So you had to take your L's immediately. Was FTR losing to the flag bear tag team of AEW the same medicine was FTR victims of the fact that they were WWE tag team and in no way, shape, uh, or form were they going to win against the Young Bucks? I dispute your entire mythos of the past. So, I mean, Hulk Hogan's first major appearance in WWF, he won the title from the Iron Sheik. So, I, I mean... You know, the, not everybody had to wait and pay their dues. Ric Flair didn't. You know, Har- Harley Race came into big fanfare. I think that's more of a modern thing. And, you know, every time there was a new guy in Lucha Underground, they lost. Everybody, you know, every time there's somebody new on NXT, they generally lose, though not with Karrion Cross. Um, so I, I, I'm not even sure about that mythos. But, no, the answer is no. I, th- I think they booked themselves into a corner if anybody watched AEW for the last two months, you sort of saw disjointed behavior by the Young Bucks, whether they were heels or faces, and they were trying to make them facey. I think the injury was all part of that. And I think it was to make people think what you thought to take away from that useless stipulation. Um, FTR was not on the show last night, Wednesday, for Dynamite. Tully was. He didn't mention it. He, he didn't mention anything. He was there with, with Sean Spears. Um, so I don't have a problem with the ending. No, I don't think it was a do the honors kind of thing. I think there was sort of no choice, and and FTR will be back. I don't know if this injury is going to play a role in anything going forward. But, you know, I don't want to overthink it because I think they really overthought it, especially towards the end. The story was already there. It was It was going very well. Everyone wanted to see the match. Um, I, I think that just they're so reliant now on pay-per-view buys that they probably were up at night thinking about, what do we do, what do we do? 
okay, let's make a stipulation. Okay, what do we do? What do we do? Let's play off this injury. Um, and, uh, you know, I sort of feel like uh, Tony Khan maybe is feeling the pressure too. And as a result, he's sort of given in to, uh, you know, his EVPs a little bit more on booking rather than being the firm hand on it. And there is a fine line between listening to your team and trusting your team, but also letting them run roughshod over you. And I've sort of felt for a few weeks, if not months now, that Tony Khan had ceded that control that he took around mid-December. And the show was notably better um, from really from the beginning of January to probably, I don't know, August-ish. Uh, I get what you're. I get what you're trying to say, Jeff. What you're trying to say is Jeff uh, is that Vince McMahon is way better at managing wrestling booking than Tony Khan. I think Vince McMahon is better at staying a boss. Uh, I think his, you know, decision making, his booking has plenty to be uh, leave to be desired, and he's made a whole lot more mistakes than than good choices in a while. But I try to resist the. Well, AEW did this wrong. Well, WWE did this worse. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like if the Mets make bad signings, you know, nobody says, well, the Astros made worse signings. I mean, it's, you know, it, it oh, it's sense. only, it, we only compare it to the Astros when um, uh, it's related to cheating. Yeah. To me, the Astro, Astros are the, the dog from the Jetsons. So mm, this is true. They, they have one thing in common. They're Astros. Um, let's talk about Darby and Cody real quick. Um, were you surprised that you didn't see Sting here? Again, surprise is the wrong word. But, yeah, I, I, I expected D- there to be. Disappointed. No, I wasn't. I, I was actually appointed, whatever the opposite of disappointed <laughs> is. I was appointed that that Sting was not there. I, I thought that this was something that was useless and that, that they couldn't resist, and apparently they could resist. Or Sting resisted, or you know they were never talking in the first place. But no, I, I it was it would have been unnecessary, and it wasn't there. So okay, I'm not going to complain about something I didn't want to happen about it not happening. Gotcha. I'm glad that they um, didn't have to resort to. I, th- I felt like Darby went over the right way. Um, I thought that the 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 rumor of using Sting to get Darby over was cheap. And I'm glad that they didn't resort to it. Um, this deletion match, what was what do they call this? The it wasn't the final deletion, it was some some version of it. I can't remember what it was. Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy got over. I thought this was the wrong move. I thought you want Sammy to go over because he's your newer guy. But I guess it's Matt's style of match, right? We got to see um uh, Senor, Senor Hart. What was it? Senor Benjamin. Senor Benjamin. I was about to call him Senor Senor Hardy. No, it's Senor Benjamin. It's his father-in-law. And, Come on, man. And you got to see um, uh, Hurricane Helms. Yay. Shane Helms and Gangrel. Yeah, people were flipping out about that. They were really excited. What they don't know is that Gangrel's never gone away. Um, he's been a promoter. He's very active on the indies. He's all over the place. So. You know, I guess if you're if you're only a fake wrestling fan that only watches the cable the TV e? shows, yeah, mm-hmm. the elite, uh, then then you know it's probably been a minute since you've seen him. But uh, you know, I I feel like he's always there. So uh, 
I mean, he he ran a I think he ran championship wrestling of Hollywood for a while, but it was out of Las Vegas at the time. I, I don't think he's involved in it anymore. And maybe it was I got the name wrong, but it was out of Sam's Club in Las Vegas, which I, I know via Ring of Honor <laughs> and some of the other shows go there. Anyway, um, yeah, as I said last week, you don't have a deletion mat- match on the Hardy compound for Matt Hardy to lose. I agree with you in concept that the young guy is supposed to win, but that was just never going to happen. And now they're talking about, you know, Matt's been tweeting, you know, how he's putting over young talent. And and he did a really crappy promo on Dynamite um, where he now respects Sammy. So if there's the inner circle fissure, expect Matt to be one of the first guys to come rescue Sammy. And I guess he'll drag his, his friend's private party with them, so it'll be a public party. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I, to me, this is not putting over young talent. Um, but I agree with you. I don't think it, it it it. Sammy's already over in in his own way with the AEW crowd, and you know he's. I think he's a great up and coming talent. I I we've never discussed this on the podcast because it wasn't created back then. But when he got into that mess with. Um, you know, uh, where that audio got leaked of him being interviewed on a podcast where he was talking about what things he'd do to Sasha Banks. I immediately knew AEW wasn't going to release him because he's probably one of the very few guys that WWE would snatch up in an instant. And um, he's a star. He's going to be the future of this company, him and uh, Darby all in. That's how you pronounce his name, right? Darby Allin? Uh, I think it's now Darby TNT Allin. Oh, that's right. That's right. Speaking of TNT, let's talk about AEW Dynamite. Um, let's talk – I, you know, we agreed to this pre-show uh, that the biggest thing coming out of this was pretty much – that was buzzing around the internet today was the Jade Cargill and Brandy Rhodes exchange. Jade Cargill um, fitness model. Some people uh, referred to her as the AEW Bianca. Um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if I would. I would pay to see both of them uh, lift heavy shit to see who could <laughs> lift heavier shit. Like I would. I would pay for that. Um, yeah, Jade Cargill come out during uh, Cody's segment and um, make some advances towards Cody, and that unleashed uh the black side of brandy Rhodes, as a lot of people said online and and some people very a lot of people i i, I love the black community I, i'm gonna preface this by saying that and no i'm not gonna get myself in trouble but they're very divisive there's, there's some people i'm gonna get canceled before my, my sentence is over mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in the black community that will be like you know what i'm for brandy showing that more side more side of her and then there's the the faction of that the the community that'll be like that's fake fuck brandy <laughs> and i felt that was a lot of that today uh in social media either on twitter or in on on facebook wrestling groups what um what was your inter- what was your feelings on on this whole exchange and uh the introduction of jade cargill to the AEW stratosphere 
Um, well, Jade Cargill, um, I think she was a, a basketball player at some point, also a, a bodybuilder, fitness model, as you said. But she she has been trying her hand at wrestling. She's been in the crowd, so to speak, at, at Dark, and I think maybe Dynamite sometimes as well. Um, she also had to try out with WWE at some point, and I guess that didn't work out. Anyway, it, she wasn't really making advances on Cody. She was, you know, she was just sort of there. It was <laughs> I hate to say it, but it, it seemed like she was like, you know, almost like parodying uh, like a like a like a stripper or something uh, coming in there, and then she was like, "I represent a real giant, and you call yourself the giant killer." Okay, I don't know that anyone has ever, or or you're known as the giant killer, Cody the the giant killer that he's known by that. Apparently, in a promo Friday night on the road to uh, Full Gear, he did call himself a giant killer once, but. We're in wrestling, so you know when uh, Roman Reigns went from the big dog to the Roman Empire, they didn't say it once in passing on a show that nobody watched. They say it four thousand times. When the Architect became the Monday Night Messiah, you heard it four thousand times. So the point is, Cody's never really been known by the moniker of the uh, Giant Killer. Anyway, the reason why that nitpicky, nitpicky thing is important is because that's the entire crux of the story that that's so apparently that statement angered our true giant who goes by one name not having to have two names and and it was sort of funny when she congratulated him on getting his name back by the way i think every ww wrestler who loses their first or last name should just add Rhodes to it so <laughs> that's a good one to be murphy Rhodes, gable Rhodes, or Rhodes gable <laughs> <laughs> otis Rhodes. Otis Rhodes, Rose I like Tucker. that. No, except for Tucker. Let's except not Tucker. let's not go there. Ricochet Tucker, Rhodes. Tucker, if Tucker gets the gains the Rhodes name, mm -hmm. he'll only subsequently lose it three seconds later, just like the twenty four seven title. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> Cedric Rhodes. I mean, just just you name it. Any anybody, they should just add it. I think that. What about Riddle? Be... Riddle Rhodes. Riddle Rhodes. Or Rhodes Riddle. Either one. Either one works. Yeah. <laughs> The roads is riddled with potholes. Anyway, um, so this was so campy and so bad and so poorly acted. I'm pretty sure Cody stifled laughs a few times that I actually loved every single second of it. Now, you and I are two of the only people who enjoyed Lana and Smashley oh, yes. and the Rusev triangle. And when Liv came out, I mean, uh, that, that, was, that was a uh, Velcro pants moment. Um, yes, yes. So I don't have the best taste. So I love this. So I'm surprised that, that people are defending and saying they love it because any normal person should hate this. But it was, it was like, it was like if there was a wrestling parody show, um, Bravo, and they were trying to cheapen it up and make it bougie, uh, just for the parody and the yuck yucks. Um, but it was real. <laughs> so I loved it. Brandy came out, and, and I'm going to leave your description as your description. But, yeah, she, she definitely was uh, standing by her man and got in uh, Jade's face and, you know, was, was sounding real tough and everything. And then she goes, you better get to stepping. And then Brandy, <laughs> and then Brandy turned around and, and walked away slowly. And got so, to stepping. 
right. instead of the other woman getting slain. And then Jade sort of patted her on the behind, which, you know, again, brought out Brandy's ugly side or great side, whichever way you want to look at it. But I don't know. This was such a beautiful rack. This was such a beautiful car rack. This was like, I don't know, like a car went over the cliff, hit a condor in midair, hit a biplane, which which killed two parachuters, landed on orphans who just adopted puppies. Oh, it was like it, it, it was that bad that it was that wonderful. It was like a, it was like the Simpsons when Homer Simpson was on the lifted from the crevasse and was uh, put in the uh, in the stretcher, and then the ambulance drove straight into a tree, and Homer fell out the back and right back down the the, the cliff. Yes, again. I'm very Rebecca. I didn't. I didn't see the the all of Dynamite. I watched clips of it online because um, that's. Uh, I have the attention span of uh, of a nineteen year old. Just kidding. I just don't have the time. Yesterday, um, but I didn't catch all of that. Right, I didn't catch all the badness. All I did was just catch Brandy being really hot and really angry. And I was like, oh, seems like a good di- episode of Dynamite to me. That that part, I you know, again, I've said I've said my piece on it. So bad, it was it was wonderful. Very good. Let's move on to the inner circle ceremony. We got MJF being. Um, could you say the word inducted? Is he inducted? Is he accepted? Is what is the word? Well, they called it an induction ceremony, so I think you can say induction. There you go. So he's inducted into the inner circle. MJF very uh, over. Um, with this uh, ceremony, um, I think in the pre-show you mentioned that um, you had an interesting perspective in the fact that MJF is trying to be um, the wrest. What did you what did you call him? The wrestling junior? Is he supposed to be like uh, Jericho's uh, protege? Yeah, I think the I think the subtext here is that MJF wants to be Jericho's sort of wrestling son and the, you know, and the, you know, Padawan and the student will replace the master at some point. I thought this segment actually for the level of comedy that's, that, that exists with these two in the chemistry, this segment actually fell pretty flat. So there were two things in it that I'll say that were pretty good. Maybe it's three. I'm not sure. But one, uh, Ortiz is the only one who sort of questioned uh, the induction Jericho took full responsibility for it, said, this is on me. I made the stipulation. I lost the match. He beat me. Uh, but Ortiz was the really the only one that was, you know, uh, back-talked about it. Um, MJF, his speech wasn't very good, but his whole thing was, listen, we're going to celebrate. I'm going to take you guys all to Vegas on me. So, you know, they, they, they did a little pose, and that was fine. Later on, there was another backstage segment, which was much shorter, but it was better. So Guevara was conspicuous in his absence, but there was either no mention of it or they the mention was casually that he was gone because of the, the deletion, actually. He was still, you know, out in the hardy compound land. Um, so in the backstage segment, they're, they're talking, they're doing an interview, and uh, Guevara comes in and says, hey, why didn't anyone meet me at the beach? Which, I mean, sort of took me by surprise, but, you know, I didn't know who was talking, what they were talking about. But then he came in. So anyway, the story was is that MJF originally told everyone to go to the beach via email, sent a second email to everyone except Sammy saying, oh, no, let's let's meet at Daly's place. Um, but he must have made it so that 
it looked like he sent it to everyone, including Sammy, and and then done some delete or something, whatever it was. Um, but when Sammy's like, I didn't get any second email, MJF points to Ortiz and goes, Hey Ortiz, didn't you get a second email? So the one guy who was talking against him, and Ortiz goes, Yeah, yeah, I, I got the second email. And they all walked away except for Guevara and MJF. And MJF goes to Guevara, listen, I have to be honest with you. I did send you that second email, but don't worry. It's all good. We're going to Vegas on me. Here's your ticket. And then Sammy sees it and he looks and he goes, coach? (laughs) (laughs) But they all shuffle off. So Guevara to me right now is, is Jericho's inner circle wrestling son. And so MJF is trying to separate Guevara from them to become the wrestling son. And then that that's phase one in his plan. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. I want to say that there's a, um, there's an eighties, like an eighties sitcom, you know, whenever like an eighties sitcom would have like a very special episode. I feel like there was probably an episode of like different strokes where, they were trying to figure out which one was Mr. Drummond's favorite son. And I want to say this is kind of like that. I've got real no clo- I've got no closure for this. I'm sorry. I was going I went down this road. I recommend you edit this out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. We we're we're all uh, you know, warts and all. Warts and warts all. and all. Absolutely. This is us. Um, let's talk about um do you think Sammy's gonna make it to Vegas? <laughs> or is his is his plane ticket to like you know, East Rutherford, New Jersey. No, I, I think he'll make it, but he'll be in the bad room next to the elevator on a different floor. They'll all be in a suite. You know, they'll they'll be at the Bellagio. He'll be at like you know, uh, well, Sam's Club, <laughs> Sam's Town. Oh my God, no, where where was what was the? Uh, oh my God, there used to be this. Uh, I don't know if it's still there because I haven't been to Vegas in a while. But there used to be a circus circus. It was the clown themed. Yeah casino sure who who thought that shit was a good idea people who wanted families to come are you fucking clowns are fucking creepy ever since like i was terrified of ronald mcdonald okay. if it wasn't for him shilling out food delicious tasty fattening food i probably would never step foot into mcdonald's aren't you supposed to be the therapist here uh not not all the time yeah sometimes so i I need to. I need my own self care, Jeff. You're absent your cardigan this week. I see that. <laughs> um, no, I, I. Hopefully, they will do uh, shots from Vegas, or at least make you know places in Jacksonville look like Vegas. Though it would be better if they were in Orlando, because there's plenty of you know Vegas style hotels with the same names. But I don't know with travel, it, it'll be difficult. But yeah, I mean, I think Sammy will make it, but he's going to sort of be the one that, that doesn't fit into the Uber. You know, he's, he's going to be <laughs> alone in a middle seat in the back. They're all going to be a first class. You know, if they don't have fun like that, then they're dumb. And they're, and they're not dumb. No, I, I think, if anything, if, if Jericho's booking this, uh, I've got confident that the comedy will, will ensue. Yeah, if anything, they go too far. But, you know, it's 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 not like it's going to be understated. Agreed. Um, we had a really bad women's match. Oh, yeah. What was that? It was Ty Conti versus uh, Red Velvet, who uh, Brandy was accompanying her. And, you know, Brandy was still in a bad mood, so she wouldn't do – I guess 
red velvet. She comes out to straight out of your mother's kitchen or your grandmother's kitchen, and she comes in like she's stirring like pancake batter or whatever. In a, and you know, Brandy wouldn't do it, and then she looked at her, and so then Brandy mimicked the the you know, so half-hearted did the motions. Uh, Tay Conti came out with her best friend Anna J, who's oh, apparently Anna still Jay. recruiting her. Yeah, to be in the dark order, but this this was a sloppy match. Um, Anna Jay. The only thing of note was that Anna Jay uh, put a chair in the ring. Tay Conti kicked it out. She didn't want to cheat. She still got the win, but Tay Conti's facial expressions and her acting. I mean, it's really bad. And you know, she's only been in this business three years. Anna Jay only four years. It's not their fault. They they shouldn't be on primetime television yet. Um, Red Velvet. Is- I I want to disagree with you as far as Anna Jay is concerned. Mm-hmm. I feel like Anna Jay, she's a couple like several steps ahead of a lot of the women in AEW. Um, Tay Conti, listen, there was a reason that she was on like the lower rung of NXT talent, mm-hmm. and they let her go without any issues and you're starting to see why yeah there's something to that uh i think anna jay is just really well protected uh, which you know means she's being used correctly um i don't i didn't understand why the other members of the dark order didn't come out also and at least stand in line you know at the the ramp entrance way like they normally do as uh, some sort of support um I, I have a feeling a lot of people just had the night off uh, because of full gear work, COVID, whatever else that they were doing probably to They probably had some interacts or, or other segments filming, but uh, I, I have a feeling that a lot of people were not at Daly's uh, Wednesday night. But yeah, I, Anna Jay, when she's in there, she does well, but I, I don't think she can handle a match, but I don't think Tay Conti can either. They're perfect for dark. I, I mean, they both. They, there's plenty of potential. They they look nice, but it didn't even further the Anna J Brandy on again off again feud. And now Brandy has a on again yeah, thing with, I, with, with Jade Cargill. Listen, I don't mind there being wrestling story A, wrestling story B, wrestling story C for people, but it doesn't need to be for Brandy Rhodes, who isn't a very good wrestler, is an EVP. Uh, you know, it'd be one thing if it was. Sheeta, if, if she's got challenge, you know, Nyla's still mad at her. She's got Thunder Rosa breathing down her neck. She's got Serena Deeb wanting to go title for, for title again. You know, Britt Baker is there. Yeah, I don't mind there being different stories. Everywhere you turn, there's there's an enemy. I, I just don't get it. I mean, I get it. I don't like it in terms for Brandy based on her skill level and who she is. But when she talks, I, I, I enjoy it, so leave her at that. Agreed. I just I I feel like the the booking of the women is just so like it's just so blatantly like they don't give a fuck. Like one match a week. Like they get one match a week. It's not even the best talent. And not only that, but like, so where's the story? Like you don't wrap up the story. You didn't wrap up the story with her. And again, every time I say I criticize AEW like this, I always get, you got to be patient, man. You got to be patient. All right. How many fucking weeks am I going to fucking be patient for the conclusion of Tay Conti and Anna Jay? Is she in the dark order? Is she not in the dark order? 
how many weeks am I going to uh, be patient to figure out whether Allie, Allie Cat, uh, the bunny, what's her fucking gimmick? Is she, is she, is she with Brandy? Is she with her husband? Is she alone? Who fucking knows? Who fucking knows, Jeff? Who yeah, knows? Well, well, it's called Cabana in the Dark Order, is he not? Where is Brody Lee? <laughs> where's he? Where's the man been? The exalted one? I guess, I guess he's uh, he's gone to the uh, Nether Realms or wherever Doctor Strange goes. You know, what are those? <laughs> the, dark the, dark the, the Dark Dimension. The Dark Dimension. The Dark Dimension. So don't yeah. shit on Doctor Strange in front of me, buddy. I'm not shitting on. It. I'm just using it as a. I I know he's not in in the Darker Order of Taterus, so, so I could I could safely rule that out. That's true. Uh, let's talk about this one last match from Dynamite: Phoenix versus Pentagon. You know what Sherlock Holmes said, right? Uh, elementary, my dear Watson. That too, but he also said to to find the possible, you must first eliminate the impossible. Oh, this is true. You know, my favorite Sherlock was. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as well, Sherlock. Yeah, well, he should be. He was that was that was a remarkable show. Yeah, it was. If you guys, we're highly recommending Sherlock. You can probably, yeah, I think it's on Netflix. Go check it that out. Do you know that I cast Benedict Cumberbatch to be Vision in the Avengers? Oh yeah. Yeah. Now they cast him as Doctor Strange. I think that worked out pretty well for them. But I think he would have <laughs> been a he would have been a great Vision. Yeah. No, I like him as Doctor Strange. He is Doctor Strange in my eyes. No, no, he's 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 definitely done a great job with with that. And plus, I had no, you know, I had no idea the vision, his arc. Well, obviously, he's coming back, but that his his role was going to be rather limited. His anyway. Uh, so the match. What what, what, what match are we talking about? He's back, but is he really back? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have that Disney streaming service. You'll see. You'll you'll find out. I, I will um, once they start having other shows. I will not be able to avoid it, but I'm putting I'm putting it off. Very, it's not out yet. I'll tell you when it's out. Right now, we're just catching up on Mandalorian season two. Great show too. I know. Um, Phoenix versus uh, Pentagon Junior. Um, good match, right? Very good match. A little bit confusing why they were going straight at each other's masks um, and trying to rip them off. That's sort of like going from. DEFCON 1 straight to DEFCON 5. And listeners, DEFCON 1 is the least intense level, not the first. People get that wrong. DEFCON 5 are nukes in the air. That's right. Um, you know, my only criticism about this, right, is like I, I've been very strongly critical of AEW and their booking of minorities, people of color. They can't fucking do it right. They suck. Are you making up your black community comments earlier? They're they're miserable. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to. No. Um, you know, uh, I host this other show on uh, this other podcast, uh, Unpopular Review, on Monday nights, and sometimes I I'll occasionally drop a nugget of AW. But you know, you know how uh, Pentagon used to always go um, cero miedo. He goes uh, with his zero, and then he does the three fingers up. And it yes, looks like we a are W. Aware and point. I'm trying to do it so that way, like you, visually, as an audio form, you would yeah, imagine. Yeah, this is a podcast, so don't the worry. The M about going it. down, but see, an AW, the M never goes down. It's always like this. It's always up, right? So it's zero W, as in zero wins. That's what 
Pentagon is in AEW. They've done a shit job of fucking booking one of the strongest men. He was, he was, he was, I can argue that he was on a Vader, big Van Vader like level worldwide. And AEW essentially did what WWE did to Vader when he came over. They completely shit on his name. And Phoenix, same thing. Phoenix is a hell of a fucking talent. And the only time that they can get either one of these guys over is fighting themselves. Even in the fucking tournament a couple weeks back, you fucking had Phoenix take out Pentagon. And okay, Phoenix gets on. Oh, no, Phoenix is going to lose to fucking Omega. Oh, no, Phoenix gets injured. Oh, let's give Pentagon another fucking loss. Like, you can't fucking do anything with these guys. Same thing. I can say the same thing with fucking LAX. They're one of the best tag teams in in wrestling, and they're nowhere near the top five. And you know what people tell me in AEW? The AEW fans say, Steve, you got to be patient, buddy. Got to be patient. All right, I'm going to wait till my 45th fucking birthday so I can see AEW champion Pentagon and the tag team champions LAX. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not as extreme about it as you are, but it's definitely a good comparison because when AW first started announcing signings, Pentagon and Phoenix were right up there with Pac with some of the guys I was really excited about. Yep. Um, Pentagon and Phoenix were stars that came out of Lucha Underground. They continued their stardom through uh, Impact. Probably, I mean, I know they were in House of Glory and and – you know, and, and also AAA, and, and but you know, I didn't see those places. I saw Impact. I, you know, occasionally I saw indie stuff, um, but I knew the Lucha Underground and the Impact, and they definitely had a mystique about them, especially Pentagon. Pentagon seemed like he was the the charismatic one with with the personality, the single star. Phoenix, you know, you could easily see someone who'd have a a, a short arc story, but but probably not be, you know. He'd always be a top worker, but never the, the the top personality. He would never be your Stone Cold Steve Austin franchise guy. He might be like your Finn Balor, always near the circle. You could always plug him into anything, and he'd be spectacular. Agreed. So you're right. Pentagon has felt just like another guy. It doesn't help that these guys are really small. Even even in AEW, they, they don't look particularly big or intimidating. But um, – yeah, I'd like to see more for them. I would have liked to have seen the Lucha Brothers have more success as a tag team. But, yep. you know, AEW has a very crowded tag team field, which is one of the things people praise, but it's a little bit too much. I mean, teams like Best Friends, uh, you know, have gotten a lot of shine. Um, H2H hasn't, but they've gotten TV time. You've had Janela and Sonny Kiss as an experiment even had Hager and, and Jericho as, a, as an experiment. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Proud and Powerful, I, I, I have trouble saying it, instead of LAX, has sort of been you know, reduced to comedy father, e- even though they're in the inner circle. And they, yeah. they barely have tag team matches and Lucha Brothers as well. So You had a sh- – Jeff, you had a – these guys are fucking thugs, right? They're booked as thugs, street thugs, and you have a street fight and they get they lose to the minivan mafia because of fucking Orange Cassidy. That well, match well, set me fucking through the roof. Well, you have street thugs. The the one of them acts like Yosemite Sam. I mean, <laughs> what, what can I tell you? 
Um, I actually, I actually that works the in the streets. <laughs> that was that's how my father got by. That's right. You well, you are street. People should know that you are a person of color. Um, and, and I am a person of absolutely no color. I mean, I, I'm fading into the eggshell wall behind me. Um, anyway, uh, so listen, I agree we with both you. both have a glossy primer, though. Yes, indeed. Definitely a glossy primer. I moisturize. It's important for skin is important, people. Skin care is important. It is. Um, if you need the beauty tips, please email us, go to our Twitter. We'll be happy to do it until we get a, uh, ask us anything chat box when we have, you know, 50,000 fans. So tell your friends That's right. or friend but or make getting back, getting back to the wrestling. Let's talk about, um, Pac, the return of Pac, um, at the end of this Pentagon and Phoenix match, um, we get to see Pac. Does Pac still feel like a big deal? Um, well, let, let me just catch us up a little bit. First of all, Pentagon won. It was a hard-fought match. It was pretty brutal. Uh, Kingston came in and, and was sort of like doing the, hey, look, great match, great match, guys, great match, guys. Pentagon, you did it. You, you can do it. You're on your own. And he walks over to Phoenix first saying, hey, Phoenix, great job, great job. But instead of helping him up, he sort of sidekicks him out of the ring so that he, you know, instead of getting to his feet, he rolled off of the apron onto the floor. So goodbye, Phoenix. Um and adios, know, yeah, right, adios, right, hasta luego, and uh, so then Kingston's like, you don't need anyone. He was holding you down. You can, you can do it. You're the king. And then Pax music came on. He's like, you made a big mistake. Uh, ooh, that was terrible. It sounded like fat bastard in my belly. Um, <laughs> you need a more Scottish twang uh, or less. A anyway, uh. Pack came in. They were supposed to be that they were scuffling and fighting, but a, a whole lot of referees, more referees than they have on payroll, uh, came down, uh, kept them apart. It didn't really seem like they were trying real hard to get at each other. And next week, by the way, there was a, a bunkhouse match on this card, um, which probably merits some discussion, but we're not going to because of time. But it, it involved the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny, who are part of the Kingston family. Kingston was nowhere near this match, it was in the same building. It wasn't a cinematic match. And then Kingston showed up. But the point, what I'm trying to bring home is that next week, the Blade, presumably representing the King Kingston family, is going one-on-one -on -one with Pac on Dynamite. So I guess Kingston's still with them, although, you know, he just kicked out Phoenix and he wasn't with them with at their match, which they lost. Um, so a lot of sort of, jumbled discombobulated stuff still showing up and listen it's being reflected in the viewership about 10 weeks ago they had segments that were going over a million their overall rating was in the 900,000s sometimes in the high 800s but the trend was up the, the, everyone's talking about we're going to crack a million we're going to crack a million now they 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 fallen back into the in the 700s and there's no there's no sports there's the the election. There's no excuse. A, a week yep. ago, uh, there's no Supreme Court hearings, which was which is my personal favorite ex excuse that wrestling <laughs> fans are watching Supreme Court hearings with a, a, a potential justice, well, justice now who was answering absolutely nothing and had been doing so for two days. Um, just uh, you know, it's, it's lame funny. excuses from the AEW fanboys. Just say it. it. 
The, and listen, NXT is suffering too. And NXT has been in the doldrums. You're not going to hear a lot of praise about NXT from me. Oh, no. We're going to be um, real quick with NXT. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, these shows have gone backwards, both of them. I, I agree. I mean, it's just, I, I, I feel like AEW has the potential to get it together quicker, but it's just, there's a lot of like, a uh, lot of loose ends, a lot of loose ends in my, in my opinion, a uh, lot of loose ends with these, these storylines and start well, stops. Right, if I'm right, Tony has to take control again. He's got to stop being a friend and a cheerleader and start being a boss again, because if I'm right, he, he he was a damn solid booker. But listen, let's talk about uh, him real quick. He mentioned, made this mention of uh, there's going to be a power sh- uh, balance. The balance of power is shifting. Thank you. That's what it was going to say. What does this mean? He tweeted this out yesterday. A lot of people took it to, to mean Ryback is coming. Sting is coming. There's a lot of people coming. And it just ended up being Pac. Well, the Shaq tease. We got Jade Cargill. She signed. I don't know what it means. And he that'll put the butts in the seats. Jade Cargill. Yeah. Well, they don't need butts in the seats. They need viewers on the TV. But um, I I don't know what he means. I mean, and if they're adding more people, why? I mean, didn't they just add Miro? What What's everyone doing? I mean, they just remembered that they have Cage and Starks on the roster and they forgot again that they have archer i mean they don't need more people they need more people involved in stuff you know scorpio sky and sean spears were finally on tv i mean we didn't even have ftr on tv we didn't have adam page on tv um there's i, I don't know there's there's a i mean if they're gonna keep adding people i i really question what the purpose of it is and they don't know what to do with big guys speaking of wh- where's anyone from the Jurassic Express been. You want to you want a big guy have Luchasaurus turn heel or, or go solo. Uh obviously Jurassic Express isn't going to be in the tag team picture anytime soon or if they are they're going to lose. So do something with Luchasaurus. He's he's not that young and he's a guy with a look that that could be a breakout star that could get casual viewers to tune in and keep watching. Wasn't there a, a, a trending uh, picture today about a loose alligator or a liz- large lizard in Florida? Wasn't that Luchasaurus? Uh, no, he's not a crocodilian. <laughs> oh, sorry. I apologize to the crocodilian uh, community out there listening yeah. to us. You are um, insulting community after community today. I know. Don't worry. I'll get them all by the end of this show. Trust That's me. Right. Um, let's talk about NXT real quick. Um, the only thing I want to gloss over, and again, we kind of just hit the hit the high marks and keep it moving. Let's talk about um, my favorite uh, part of the night, uh, only because I knew it uh, was going to generate some sort of reaction from you, was Johnny Gargano spinning the wheel. Um, he has He said that he had bad luck with wheels, and then he had good luck with wheels, but last night was a bad night as he spun the wheel and got Leon Ruff's name and then subsequently took an L to Leon Ruff, who weighs what? 125? Wet? 17 pounds. 17 pounds. Exactly. We've both That's taken we've both taken individual shits 
that are way more than Leon Ruff, and he is now your North American champion. Give me your reaction to this, Jeff. Oh, my God. I mean, I hate Gargano, so so that was good. I mean, him with the wheel. He hates wheels, but he has a wheel. And <laughs> what people don't know is that, or maybe not, not realize is that he it was weighted it. He, he weighted it so that it would fall on Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff was the only carrot name in white. Everything else was in yellow. So that's how you sort of knew that the fix was in. And Gargano said, anyone here is going to get a title shot. Uh, and yuck, yuck, Leon Ruff, who, if people don't know who Leon Ruff is by now, he's sort of like a short version of Cheeseburger. Um, he's well-liked. He was in Evolve and some other places, but he's a really little guy. I mean, littler than Johnny Gargano. who's He's uh, been on a couple episodes of Raw and SmackDown as enhancement talent. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's, he's you know, like I said, he's, he, they keep him working. Anyway, they he's, love him, though. He's he's the North American champion, and Damian Priest seemed none too you know not upset. He was laughing at Gargano. I mean, he doesn't have the title. I don't know what he cares about, but anyway. Yeah, right. Why 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 would that elicit that reaction? Unless he thinks he can definitely take out Leon Ruff with uh with the greatest of ease. Um, I like Leon Ruff only because I I he uh, occasionally will show up in um. My God, I might pronounce her name wrong. Um, Asia, she's a referee. She's the only black referee that a that WWE has. Is uh, I think her name is Asia Smith. Is her name? I believe that's that's correct. I have no idea. And they are a couple. You've seen her as the referee. I've you seen know. her. I don't know her name, and I didn't know they were a couple. And... You don't. You don't hunt her down on 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 the Twitter machine like you do Selena De Laurenta and uh, all the and uh, Quinn. What's her face? Quinn Lipman. Quinn McKay Lipman. I mean, we're married. We're not hunting down. What's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, that's right. I didn't see the picture behind you. Yeah. Of course. Um. So yeah. Um. Do you, you think know, this I'll is? Yeah. Cookies sound nice. Do you think this is the um, 2020 equivalent of the one, two, three kid upset on Razor Ramon? No, I think this is just a silly little gimmick. He's going to get his belt back and it's just going to, you know, it, it, it's just a, it's just for yuck yucks and some cheap attention. And no, this guy is not going to have a 20 year career uh, and become a future WWE hall of famer. No. Would you have said the same thing about the one, two, three kid 30 years ago? Probably. Yes. <laughs> Very good. All right. That's all of uh, NXT moving on to Monday night raw. Well, we have the big reveal. The worst hidden secret is that uh, the, the ghost face that was helping uh, Candice LeRae was Indy Hartwell. I mean, which everybody knew already. So they did that story ass backwards. Yes, yes, they did. And um, Pat McAfee gave a short promo this week. So, you know, thank goodness for that. He must have been listening to the podcast and was like, you know what, guys, I'll give them what they want. Yeah. Short and sweet. That's right. So, yeah, we should uh, probably talk about Raw, uh, I guess, right? Let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about um, our favorite segment. And, again, I think it's proven everybody in social media can talk shit about this as much as they want. But the proof is in the pudding, folks. When Lana is on the air, ratings go up. Mm -hmm. And when she goes through the table, everything thereafter, the ratings go down. Fact. It's, it is factual. It is proven. 
We'll look at the numbers. Lana and a tease to the table through hour one through two. Numbers go up. She goes through the table. Numbers are done. They're out the fucking window. Nobody and watches. Two weeks in a row, people get fooled. They're like, no, she's not going through a table. And two weeks in a row, I'm like, chill, everybody. She's going through the table. There's still, first of all, the first six and a half hours of Raw was horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there were still two hours left after the first six and a half hours. And I said, everyone relax. There's still two more hours. You didn't like the uh, the Miz segment, Miz and Morrison and um, Orton? No, I did not. And you know something? I liked about two-thirds of Raw last week. I was very much in the minority in that. I maybe liked like 20% of this week. I, I thought I, I thought this week was a giant step backwards. There was no appearance from The Fiend. I thought the Alexa-Nikki interplay was pretty good where she chose The Fiend over Nikki and – you know, she was sort of, you know, like acting like a little kid, throwing the flowers around. That was good. Um, Retribution lost uh, or won. They uh, Mustafa choked out uh, Ali in the middle of the ring, which was, uh, I guess, fine and dandy. There was a painfully long 24-7 segment where... Uh, oh, yes. This, Tucker, this fucking thing was way too long. Yeah. Tucker won the 24-7 championship twice, lost it twice, of course. Um, and it ends with Truth as as always the only one who is smart enough to know to run out of the ring. Are you uh, shocked that um, Tucker has won a singles title um, two times uh, more than Otis has? I, I think that the twenty four seven title at this point is sort of a like a scarlet letter of shame. So no, I, I think it's actually it's actually demerits. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you right now. Is do you actually take it as a demerit? <laughs> and and Otis, do you mean Otis Rhodes? Otis Rhodes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Otis okay. Rhodes Rose. Do you yeah, think if he I, marries Mandy Rose, then he becomes Otis Rose? He'll be the first guy to take the woman's name. Well, he's first of all, he's, he's nowhere near the first, but it would be Otis Rose hyphen Rhodes. That's right. That's right. Going back to speaking of Mandy Rose, um, during the Lana segment with Nia, uh, Nia throws her out of the ring pretty violently. And immediately, um, shortly thereafter, you find out through social media that Mandy, um, it was it dislocated her shoulder, hurt her shoulder. I don't exactly know the extent of the damage, um, but she's hurt and she's going to be out for a, a couple weeks at least. Um, I don't know. Um, and we'll everybody. Was too, uh, yeah, we don't even know that yet. Everybody was quick to blame Naya. She, you know, she's got this track record of getting her uh, hurting others. If you watch the replay and it's available on online and, and um, you can see it if you Google it probably. Um, and you slow-mo the, the spot where she throws her out of the ring. It's not really on Naya, right? It's the way that, Mandy falls out of the ring uh, of her own volition. Like she hits the mat after going through the ropes and she hits them really hard. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you think Naya is to blame here? No, I do not. I, I, it was a very, um, it was a very regular move. I, you know, that's, a fall that Mandy should know how to take and protect herself on, or maybe it's just a freak thing. But it, it, I mean, Nia just threw out out of the ropes. It wasn't even that that 
hard. I mean, yeah, no. I, I, I don't, I can't see anyone blaming Naya. And if you're blaming Naya, then you're an idiot. Just wanted to make that clear. Like you, Jeff, I, there wasn't really a lot of things that were like big takeaways from raw. Um, I like the interplay between Drew and Sheamus. I, I'm really enjoying that. I'm really hoping that after this whole arc between Drew and Randy is over, um, we get more of that, even though probably Kevin Dunn is um, chomping at the bit because of the fact that um, these two guys are guys with very thick accents, and I'm sure that's driving him nuts. <laughs> um, pun intended, because he looks like a squirrel. Um, oh, oh, good. Well, now you're you. now you're alienating the rodent the squirrel, community. That's right, the squirrel community, um, or the nut the nut aficionado community. Um, I know you took exception to this, but I actually liked it. The AJ Styles and Sur- Survivor Series build, the interplay between um, the team. I was about to call him Matt Riddle. He's not Matt Riddle anymore. He's just Riddle Riddle Rhodes. Um. I enjoyed this. What did you think of this whole uh, segment? I know you didn't uh, think too fondly of it. I did not. I didn't enjoy it. I, I, you know, I mean, the nicknames thing was, was, you know, it was okay. That was was stupid wrestling comedy. That was fine. But I I mean, I'm not buying any of this. I don't, I don't know why they, they, they can't just say, yeah, we're on the friggin' team. Why AJ still insists on being the captain. It's obviously not going very well in a, you know, even as a heel, you you should know when to fold them. Um, but the, the stipulation where he's the guest referee and they're tagging each other, uh, fighting, facing each other, didn't make any sense. It should have been like a fatal five way. Um, you know, where if really? he won, he was the the captain. Um, but I liked it. Like usually they have these throwaway tag matches, and for whatever reason, I found it very entertaining. The 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 interaction between. Um, Riddle and Sheamus. I like the interaction between Sheamus and Braun. Everybody, just the whole infighting thing was was my jam. I enjoyed it. Usually these throwaway tag matches that Vince books, I can't stand. But this one I really enjoyed. Okay. I mean, listen, I'm not here to to tell you you shouldn't enjoy something that you enjoyed. I mean, it's a variety show. Different people can like different things. I, I, I just didn't think it really help move the story along. I didn't find it particularly entertaining. I didn't, the, the logic of it was lost on me and as to how that builds respect among them. They've all already fought each other. And I don't understand how that was supposed to get AJ uh, to be considered the captain when he, all he did was get a, a referee license for, for one night. So, yeah. So, the, you know, I, I'm, that's a I'm win. Sense. I, I just need a story that, that makes a little bit of sense. So again, you know, if it was a five-way or if AJ says, okay, you two guys pick a champion, you two guys pick a, pick a champion, and we're going to have a three-way, and if I win that match, everyone agrees I'm the captain. That that would have made sense. You know, just, you know, just do something to make sense. It, 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 it isn't that hard. Wrestling doesn't have to be hard. I don't know. And then he kept Richard- getting by Riddle, who, you know, so <laughs> – so you already know, you know how that's going to play into things, or you think you know that's how how it's going to play into things. I mean, that's the one thing they did right. He kept getting, he you know, he kept taking hits from Riddle every, you know, and, and at a certain point, it's the usual. Well, wasn't it an accident, or wasn't it an accident? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, but see that I, I love that. I, I ate that shit up. I loved it. Um, I was fine with a different story. That's all. Very different. good. Very good. Well, it looks like you're. Uh, we're, I'm not going to sell you on this one then. Okay. Maybe next week. Um, let's. That's all I've got for Raw. Um, anything else you want to cover from Raw? No, it was. A, I mean, just disappointment by omission. Um, no fiend. I, I have no idea why. Definitely, the show should would have we been. Should we start? A- should we start a rumor that he's got COVID? Should we be those guys? I think you heard you it here first. It. But we are not those guys. You are now. Now you're alienating the COVID community. That's that's. Oh, <laughs> there we go. I didn't want to do that. Yeah, had it on my to to do list. Don't alienate COVID community. And now I mean, I you are really living up to that evil Quattro moniker that you set up for yourself. <laughs> I thought I'd, do, I'd be double evil, double as evil as you today. Yeah, you're you're like evil double stuff. Um, That's you know, <laughs> this show would have really benefited several times from uh, a, a fiend appearance. Our show. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our show definitely. Both, okay. Let him in. He's behind you. Oh, hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah, Where's what? that little Alexa? That's Come right. here, Alexa. Yeah. No, uh, I. there's not more. Honestly, I don't even remember that much more about Raw. I mean, Titus got clobbered by the Titus. Oh, my goodness. He's he's tapping out before the, the move is finished. And, and he keeps oh God, he did, that, was a fucking, that was fucking tragic, Jeff. This guy, Lashley. I love Lashley. We call him Smashley. Um, he couldn't Probably. even cinch in the fucking move properly. He did. He couldn't get it on fucking Titus. Well, it's a full fucking Nelson, and he couldn't fucking strap it on 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 this and guy. And going to the ropes. I mean, you know, if the story is that you're trying to break the hold by your physical strength and go into the ropes to break it, fine. But if the story is you're just giving up, stop moving. I mean, <laughs> I've always thought stories about him being bad at wrestling was overstated but it's not it's it's exactly right and the best part of it i i'm glad we we meandered into this because mvp said to him this match will be in the ring not under it and that was that was phenomenal that was the best that was the best line of the night yeah um let's let's hit some news around the globe and then uh take this sucker home all righty all right so coming to you News around the globe from wrestling. It's actually been sort of a slow week in, in wrestling news, but there are some things coming up. So our continuing coverage of the UWN heavyweight tournament, uh, delayed by about a week, we have Harry Smith advancing. We have Fred Rosser, former Darren Young, beating Eric Redbeard, who can't even get a win in UWN, to advance. We already talked about Chris Dickinson advancing over Peter Avalon, and Chris Bay was the guy I couldn't remember who I had heard of, uh, who's in that tournament as well. The North American Super Junior Tournament is starting, I believe, uh, this weekend, or it's going on right now in Cali. We have new NWA Tag Team Champions, Aaron Stevens, who's also the head booker for Championship Wrestling of Hollywood, and Kratos Jr., who is, yes, Josephus and the question mark. So now he's changed gimmick to Kratos Jr., uh, so one of the things that NWA had over, they're getting rid of. So I guess uh, the question mark didn't fit into their plans. No more karate, no more mangrove. Um, absent is any news about power. So 
No news about NWA power. It's just still sort of vaguely hinted at that it's not dead. Uh, the team known as the Rascals in Impact, it was a, it's a three-man group. Their gimmick is that they're basically overgrown teenagers who get stoned a lot. Uh, they signed with WWE, so expect to see them on NXT, which is desperately in need of tag teams, as is WWE writ large. Um, there's also been talk that WWE is considering bringing back No Way Jose, so no way. Uh, hopefully no condo. Why would they need to bring him back? I don't know. Uh, big guy. Um, I I have no earthly idea why they would need him back, but you know, may, maybe they feel like the roster is a little bit thin. Uh, why they're going with him? I don't. Maybe know. they need somebody else for retribution. Could be. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for people getting jobs. Um, we already talked about Jim Cargill, formally announced today as, as signing with um, AW. Ring of Honor had their first non-pure tournament show. Only two matches on the card. Uh, Brody King defeated Dalton Castle. He used the, the Rikishi driver as his finisher. It was a very different Brody King. He was much more grounded. He wasn't flying around and all that. No mention of villain enterprises. So I'm not sure about PCO. I'm not sure about Flip Gordon, who may be one of the stupidest adults known to Earth, and maybe he didn't get a job as well. So now I am insulting the flat Earth Flip Gordon community. Flip, I say it to you, you know, to your Twitter face, you know, almost. <laughs> so this is not a stupid. Um, Dak Draper defeated Brian Mecca Johnson, the stupidest nickname in wrestling, Mecca Johnson. Come on, you're just asking for a fatwa to be declared against your, your stupid ass. It's, it's, it's dumb. I mean, if, if you had someone call themselves Sam Vatican Jones or Murray Jerusalem Goldberg, I mean, come on. <laughs> dumb. Dumb, dumb. How did, how, did, how did you know what was on my fake ID at 20? <laughs> Murray, Murray Jerusalem Jones, that's me. Don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. <laughs> um, Hello, this is Murray. Yes. Uh, they did make mention that Roosh is in Mexico, so that's why we haven't seen their champion yet. Uh, so I guess I he like hasn't. Roosh. I like Roosh too. Um, and apparently, he used to say nothing happens without me saying so, but apparently, things do happen without him saying so. But it's only two matches a week and, and long vignettes. Um, also, there was a uh, video that they circulated. It wasn't on TV, but the Allure attacked dastardly. They attacked. My Quinny McKay Lipman. So, oh, Quinny, no. I'm sorry I wasn't there for you. I told you Dak Draper was the wrong person for our thruple. I told you that. I told you Brian Malonis was a better choice. Hmm. Terrible. Um, so, expect retribution, no pun intended. The Darker Order may have to jump, jump promotions and, and switch targets. Um, <laughs> For those of you that are MLW fans, the Fusion show will start up again next week, aired uh, Wednesday nights on YouTube at 7 o'clock. So if you like NXT or AEW or both, you can now have a three-hour block. Or really, if you do it you know, back to back to back, you could have a five-hour block of wrestling on Wednesday nights. Um, I believe Harry Smith is facing Fatu, Jacob Fatu, for the World Heavyweight title. If that's not on the the season premiere, it's coming up as a feature match within the next few weeks. 
Um, also, we are, I think we already discussed Leo Rush is going to be in MLW. I think ACH is back as well. He had an ill-fated star with MLW after he left uh, WWE. Um, I guess he was still not having his shit together and then got his shit together and seems to be doing much better now. Um, so I hope he's got his shit together. Yeah. And a rumor that really came out of my fantasy booking, but just in the right place, and it was sort of confirmed by a lack of denial by people who do know this individual. But, you know, everyone knows that The Undertaker is doing his 77th retirement. He's had about 92 documentaries. They're doing a documentary for Paul, Paul Bearer now. And he's going to appear at the Survivor Series for yet another retirement, which, of course, is nonsense. Obviously, he's going to be attacked. And everyone's like, well, who's going to attack him? Who's going to attack him? Well, I surmised, given the time of his injury and given the time that they don't want to waste him on a 600,000-person audience and risk a freak injury again, I, I suggest that Killer Cross, Cross seems like, or Karrion Cross rather, seems like a guy to be the one to attack him and Scarlet and that they could work together. He's big enough and strong enough to do it, and, and that could be a thing. Um, and somebody in the know said, listen, I'm not saying anything, but uh, keep watching. Um, mm, interesting. So look, so look for that bold prediction to possibly be uh, something that's happening, but look for Karrion Cross to not come back to NXT and go straight to the main roster, possibly in a program with, with, the, with the Undertaker, which all of a sudden I'm sort of interested in. Um, okay, so... We touched on the bunkhouse match, and we're not going to talk about the match, or I'm not, Stephen can, but nope. about a week and a half ago or so, it was reported that WWE applied for several trademarks. So first of all, let, let, let me dis dispel our audience or something. When you apply for a trademark, it doesn't mean you have it. You're applying for it. You're seeking it, just like immigration. When you apply for immigration status, you don't automatically have it. You go through a process. Same thing for every other company. So one of them was the bunkhouse stampede trademark. So that's still obviously up in the air. It will be for many months. I don't think it's any accident that, they, that AEW had a bunkhouse match on TV in a feud that there was no real need for a bunkhouse match. The only guy who even fit that bill is Dustin, of course, because of Dusty. Um, but, uh, you know, but the feud was really between QT and Blade, not Dustin and Butcher, who, by the way, wears his Butcher apron in, in the ring. That seems like a bad tactical choice. Um, unless he's hiding. So, so, is, so is wearing a tie for IRS, but, I mean, nobody ever pulled him by the tie. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. Gulak, at least, you know, had a clip on. That was sort of smart. This is true. Um, so here is my little theory. A lot of people know that Cody Rhodes got his last name back. Well, the truth is there was never anyone fighting him on it. He, it was announced two, two years ago he could have his name back, and he said he didn't want it. He, want, he wanted to be his own man, which, of course, you know, he really didn't. But what did happen is that the trademark for Cody Rhodes expired. Then WWE got the notice from the trademark office. It's expired. You have X amount of time to file something to revive your trademark, and they didn't. So they opted not to renew it twice. That that That's all that happened that's new. So now he's using Cody Rhodes. The reason this is important is because everyone thinks that WWE has been fighting him on it. They haven't. They, 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 they never were. It's all public record. 
This relates to Dusty Rhodes' trademark. Nobody ever trademarked the name Dusty Rhodes. So Cody applied for Dusty Rhodes, the trademark, and had problems getting it. Everybody assumed WWE was the problem. They weren't. The problem was Dustin Rhodes. At first, it wasn't Dustin Rhodes that raised it. The trademark office raised it. They do a search. They found a similar mark in the same classes and say that this could cause market confusion, which is, of course, stupid if you knew the, the, the facts or if they did a Google search, they'd see it's a father and son type of thing. Uh, but they don't do that. They, they're, they're, you know, it's just not what they do. So what usually happens is parties say, you know, they respond to an office action. You have 180 days to do it. And so you've got plenty of time. He didn't file a response. So then they sent him notice saying, okay, you can ask for an extension. So he filed for an extension. I think he got either 30 days or 60 days, which is not unusual. That That's par for the course. They're actually fairly liberal with stuff like that. Okay. So day 29, no response filed. Day 30, a response gets filed with a two-page consent agreement signed by Cody Runnels and Dustin Runnels. So in the last, literally the 11th hour and 59th minute of this procedure, Dustin and Cody came to an agreement. So there have been rumors in the past that Dustin and Cody don't exactly have the greatest of relationships. I think this is public record support of that. So I suspect that part of the deal is that Dustin gets some of the proceeds for any proceeds that are coming from the Dusty Rhodes name. But I also think it explains why Dustin and his friend QT are always on goddamn TV. So just to summarize what you've dropped, this is a huge bombshell of information. This is reporting. This is journalism and speculation, people. This is the wrestling no. community is under the belief that um, Vince McMahon and the WWE machine is what has stopped Cody from using the la his rightful last name of his father, Dust Rhodes, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the stage name. You're saying that it is not Vince McMahon. It is not WWE. And in fact, the papers that you've found that you've uncovered, right? Unco it's, it is all public record. All you have to go- You've uncovered? I uncovered, right? yes, okay. yes, I uncovered. You, with your investigative skills as a pro bono attorney by day and daredevil by night. Exactly. Uh, you podcaster. have been, and, and podcaster by midday, um, you've been able to uncover this information that yes. it is not, Vince McMahon. It is not WWE holding it back, but it is none other than hold, wait for it, his own brother, Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, half brother. Uh, as a and to go further on that point, I've not seen evidence in any application that AEW or Cody has filed where WWE has raised a single objection or filed anything. The issues have always been raised by the Patent and Trademark Office, the examining attorneys themselves if at all, for reasons that make sense. For instance, WWE has a trademark on the bash. So that's why bash at the beach for wrestling promotion was denied. Uh, and AEW did not file a response to that initial denial. They didn't even try to fight it. 
What would that fight consist of, Jeff? I mean, since you, again, are a legal scholar, as we uh, so uh, adequately uh, explained in the last episode, um, why are – is it that it's a lot of money to, to file that type of a motion? What, 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 what does it consist of? Well, I mean, no, not really, and so, and it's a, certainly a drop in the bucket to AEW and 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 Tony Khan, who appears to be footing most of these bills once they go to a certain point. Because Cody, who lives in Ohio, is using Jacksonville attorneys for this, so I don't really think that's a coincidence. In any event, um, the basically the the issue is whether or not a reasonable consumer could be confused as to the source of the goods or services. So in the case of the bash versus bash at the beach uh, in, a, in a wrestling context, I, I think that it was rightfully denied. I would think that bunkhouse match versus bunkhouse stampede would also be rightfully denied down, down the road. Um, with regards to Dustin Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes, I think there there could have been a, a very simple response saying Dusty Rhodes is my father. He's also my half-brother's father. Anybody who follows wrestling wouldn't be confused by that, you know, and then there's some law to cite that, you know, uh, you know, junior seniors, you know, the, the, the thirds, the seconds, uh, whatever the case may be, or other similar names. I, I think that one that, that could have been responded to easily enough, uh, uh, would have got would have been to get Dustin's consent. For whatever reason, they opted not to try to fight it any other way. Maybe because Dustin said that he would object it, to it. I don't know what the backstory is, but the easy way would have been to, for Dustin just to sign off. And they they could have had other responses without Dustin signing off, but for whatever reason, opted not to. I I can't explain that decision. Very good. Well, you've, you've dropped some bombshell type of information here, Jeff. You have yet again proven that you are not only a gentleman, but a legal scholar. The legal scholar. That is correct. That's one of my new gimmicks. That's right. That is I'm the license in the federal courts, D.C., Maryland, and Tartarus. That's right. So dark order, if, you're, if you need a lawyer, Jeff is your man. Now that's a conflict of interest. You must, you must pledge fealty to evil dose and the darker order dark order not even evil evil no imposter nonsense that's right your ongoing battle with evil uno i'm surprised that he hasn't banned you yet i'm surprised and he not not only that he hasn't blocked you but that also he just doesn't seem to like engage with you either like he's got to know of you now he, he uh, true story. He he did respond early on in Twitter once or twice, and on Twitch, somebody <laughs> when he was playing one of those Twitch streaming games, somebody jumped in and and said, you know, he's like, oh, I got the gold, and someone said, Evil Dose would have gotten the gold much more quickly. <laughs> and then you hear him go, there, there, there is no D Evil Dose. There's there's a Stu Grayson. Evil though, Evil Luna has Stu Grayson. So yeah, no, listen. Credit to him for being a good sport, or though I, although I will kill him and destroy him. Um, no, credit, yeah, no, he, he's been a good sport about it, and as, as have some of the others to varying extents. But Alan Angels, especially, has enjoyed it. And the guy I assume is his father, Papa Angels, has also been pretty re receptive. Um, 10 every now and then is engaged. Uh, Brody Lee, not at all. Anna Jay, not at all. Uh, keep working on Anna Jay. 
she'll come around. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, I I don't want her to fall in love. She's she's really inappropriately young for me, so I don't want to break I don't want to break the kid's heart. Um, I I don't know. There's a few others that that have you know, Alex Reynolds. He's he. It's not unusual for him to be engaged. John Silver, not so much. Um, but yeah, they they definitely know who I am and they know my shtick, and maybe they think it's just clever enough that that somebody will get a kick out of it. It. it it has not gone viral like it expected. So if you want to be a friend of the show, you should be tweeting at members of the Dark Order. And <laughs> listen, don't be mean. Don't be cruel. Don't be cursy. Don't be, you know, insult sexuality or mothers or, or appearance. Try to be clever and end your statement with, this is yet another reason why evil does shall prevail. So This is true. You know, and they'll get it. They'll get yeah. it. I'm, I'm trying not to be malicious with it because malice just exhumes from me. I just hope that one day it makes it to AEW television somehow. Yeah. I'm also trying and to get over the official retribution dance gif, which is uh, if you search on the Josie and the Pussycats gif and go down to there's a gif of like uh, a couple of like hipsters. There's four of them. It looks like it's three dudes and a woman dancing. There's one guy in the background, which is perfect for retributions because you got three dudes, the woman, and then you got one guy in the background. So I always find it towards the bottom of the Josie and the Pussycats. That's the official retribution dance gif. And, of course, we are trying to get over the most important streak in sports entertainment today. If you're not an idiot, or if you are an idiot, sorry, I'm an idiot right now, um, that's referring to Lana going through tables. That's right. This week was number eight for those of you counting eight weeks in a row. Jeff, that's all I've got, man. Let's uh, bring this sucker home. What do you got to plug? Well, tell your friends about this show. Give us a like, rate us, review us, five stars preferably. Subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, also check out my other podcast, Garden of Doom, also available on all platforms. Not a wrestling podcast. So, uh, you know, we talk about current events. This week we got into politics because it was unavoidable. So if you want to hear some real stuff, that one's going to drop any day now. Uh, but we do talk about real science, fringe science, again, some pop culture. So it's sort of a, a magazine variety, but very much focusing on the abnormal. Things like UFOs, ancient cultures, uh, legends of Atlantis, uh, origins of man, stuff like that. So we're a little bit all over the place, but hopefully in a good way. Also did a historic dive on uh, Halloween. So some interesting stuff there about how Halloween is Halloween, even in the Southern Hemisphere for no apparent reason. So check that stuff out. Um, and apparently now I'm on Unpopular Review, NXT AEW <laughs> Review Show on Wednesdays. Apparently I've been hired as a full-time or at least a full-time uh, substitute. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but you can find me on Unpopular Review Wednesday nights around 10 15 taking one of steven's uh, paying jobs apparently which pays right. zero i'm also usually on a show called duplex city chats on youtube it's a wrestling review show it's long and it's pretty in-depth there's five guys doing it it's actually recording right now and i'm sort of battling on this week but there's also recaps like we do here sometimes we do recap shows we do some recap shows there also did an episode recently on uh, i'm not even sure where to find it so this is a great plug but it was the top 10 wrestlers who fell from grace this past year we maybe we should do that also steve you can work on your list because my list like and the other guys, uh very different uh, we can maybe fit it into one of these when there's not a pay-per-view that that's taking up a lot of time 
Sure. Sounds we good. are entering the, the, the slow time of wrestling where there's a lot of tribute to the troops and year and review shows. So, you know, we, we may I have definitely. to some gimmicks. Absolutely. That sounds like a good idea. Where can they find you on, in, on Twitter, Jeff? Icarus Fell, MD. That's F-E-L-L, Fell? Yep, Icarus, like, you know, Flight of Icarus. That's right. I-A-R-U-S, Fell, F-E-L-L, M-D, as in medical doctor, which I am not. I used to play a Nintendo game called Kid Icarus. That is awesome. Thank you. You have now created the Trojan community. Cool story. Cool story, Team Jeopardy contestant. Yeah. That's what my wife likes to tell me. Guys, I'm Steve, otherwise known as Big Daddy Cool. You can find me on Twitter at, at Big Daddy Cool. Yes, all one name, no hyphens, no underscore, just at Big Daddy Cool, C O O L. I took that from Kevin Nash. And um, yeah, that's my story. Um, Jack and I That's right, one of the most devastating moves in all of wrestling uh, behind the finger poke of doom. Steve Torquad getting that name. All the time. Listen, I tear quad getting up. Sometimes even when I uh, see Brandy Rhodes and Lana in the same week, I tear quad. I tear two quads. But, um, yeah, that's neither here nor there. You can find me also on Unpopular Review. That is our wrestling and movie review uh, podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, yeah, all over the place. Uh, it's unpopular review. Oh, and YouTube. Please make sure you leave a like and a subscribe on YouTube. And of course, subscribe to this podcast, the Hammerlock Hangover, where we just uh nail everything that has to do with wrestling. Um, two handsome dudes talking about wrestling, um, and everything about wrestling. We're probably like the best wrestling podcast because we cover everything, we're just not chills for one thing. Do it all. Yeah, I don't know why you put the word probably in there. You're I too know, modest. I don't know. You're probably I, I, too modest. I agree with you. I agree 1,000%. Yeah. All right, um, Jeff, that's it for us. Uh, another another episode, episode four in the books, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Uh, same bet time, same bet channel. Later. Adios, everybody. Thanks for listening. That was fun. Are you going to play any Cinderella? Thanks for listening to the Hammerlock Hangover podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please rate us as if you were Okada in the Tokyo Dome and leave us seven stars or as many likes as you can. Please share our awesome podcast with all your friends and family who enjoy wrestling and your favorite social media outlet. If you want to interact with us, you can find Hammerlock Hangover on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to catch you on the next episode.